All right, you guys, welcome to this week's episode of the Temple of Who podcast. I am your co-host, Coach Mabels, a.k.a. J. Mabes, here, as always, with the bro, Kings, was popping. Man, we, we're doing good, man. Great weekend of games. Great weekend of games. Uh, our hair is cut at the same time, so, you know, we <laughs> might actually be able to post a video snippet without one of us looking bad, so. <laughs> yeah, man, might, we might get that on there. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh. Man, uh, a lot, a lot, a lot. We going back to we've been doing once a week because we've been on the uh, just quicker as far as our content announcement before we get going. Uh, we've been doing once a week. We were going to two twice a week. We went to once a week because we do a lot of live post game stuff on Twitter Spaces. Uh, they are going to make that recordable. Uh, at some point, I saw a release they put out. So once that was recordable, we'll put the Twitter Spaces up so you guys have the content. If you're not staying up late uh, on those games, you guys on the East Coast who rock with us. Uh, you'll have the conversation going forward so you guys will still be able to access the content that's midweek. So we do like to keep up with what's going on live during the week. So, so until then, just bear with us. As soon as the spaces become recordable, you guys will be back with us, rocking with us two, three times a week. So hopefully that happens sooner rather than later because I've been getting, uh, you know, pressed about from you guys wanting more midweek content. So that's how it is. Uh, with that being said, um, you know, Shout out to the 76ers getting me put on the summer jam screen. I stayed with them all season and it blew up in my face. <laughs> Just watched oh, <laughs> uh, game seven. They couldn't get it done. Um, I pretty much Kings when, when Trey was one for 12 at halftime when they were losing, I, I, I was nervous and rightfully so, you know, he wasn't going to go two for 24. So he made a couple plays in the right. second half. Um, Kevin Huerta, that's how that, that, I mean, me and you have both talked about the tricky things about a game seven. It's a one off, one outlier performance. It's a wrap. Kevin Huerta, 28 points. There you go. You know, you just never know what happens in a one off. You try to avoid that situation as the favorite, even though it's at home. Um, before I, I, I was low on Philly all year, not low, but just I, I did not see this for them all year. I thought their ceiling was a first round team. Obviously, even with their injuries, they've you know, won two rounds of playoff basketball. One, Trey Young has arrived. Two, Nate McMillan is doing a damn thing. So before I get to Philly, uh, I have a lot to say about that side of things, but I do want to give Atlanta credit. You win two rounds of playoff basketball. That's not just the other teams not being ready. You are coming out there and winning games. So that's where I want to start. Go ahead, Kings. Man, uh Philly, uh, it's not much to say. It's not much to say, man. It's Doc Rivers' coach team. Always, <laughs> find, always finds a way to implode. Um, you know, the co- the commentary after the game, shades of a Doc Rivers team. I mean, if you just – if you look at the way, you know, the Clippers last year played compared to this year and how it looks with Kawhi out, and even when the Clippers are getting they game whooped in the game, they're never they never feel out of it. The guys are rooting for each other. The guys are staying ready, being professional. And then when you look at team like Doc's team, like it's always like Doc is always trying to throw shade at somebody on his own team. And then you you know it's kind of I'm not shocked why his own son don't like him. You know what I mean? Like it's 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 very odd how Doc coaches teams like. Like, I think, you know, I think Tony was saying in the spaces, but he said the, the Sixers hoop like they don't like each other. And you find <laughs> out 
after this game that they really they don't like each other. Maybe they they like each other, but they don't like one person in particular. We're gonna touch on that. We're gonna touch on that in a minute. We for so, sure gonna touch so, on that there. So you know, you know, the Lakers had dudes who wanted to start, who were crying and all that. But even when it got dark, you know, even when when these dudes were breaking, playing bad, you know, you never heard Bron throw them under the bus. You know what I mean? You didn't hear 80 or Vogel throw them bus. It was just like, man, we weren't healthy. You know what I mean? We we didn't play well. That, that. And they left it at that. But this type of thing that Doc has going on, like, you can just, it, it just like, you, it's, it's no wonder they blow leads. You know what I mean? It's no wonder that they that they don't get the job done. They're not prepared. They don't play for each other. So when you get into the deep waters in the playoffs, when things get thick and you need to be able to understand each other's strengths and weaknesses, be able to sell out for each other, Doc's teams aren't doing that. They're not doing that. They're not making the winning plays. And that falls directly on his shoulders because he doesn't get them ready to do that. And he doesn't get them ready to believe that they can they can win. That's all on him, bro. Like, that's all on Doc. I'm sorry. His teams are t- are never prepared. It's not like they don't have – they were the better team than Atlanta. Yeah, that's what, dude, this that's, the, that's the frustrating part. It's is the it's... same thing with the Clippers is what you're seeing. Same thing you're seeing in Philly. You're the better team, and somehow you're finding yourself losing the series. <laughs> just, just, you, there's no explanation. Yeah, that's, that's crazy, man. As far as Doc goes, I just <clears> – uh, I mean, he's won a championship. One coach of the year, he's at his, but he's just been at numerous stops. But, but, but let, let, let's talk about the championship. Here we go. Here we go. Let's talk about championship. You had player. You basically had players, coaches. You know what I mean? You had KG, great leader. Paul Pierce, who was ready to lead. Ray Allen was a professional. Rondo, you know, he 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 came in ready to play, ready to be uh, come under the ring and win. Big Perk was leading. He had a bunch of good vets on that team. And, and let's be real, they won because they had an all-time defense. Who was their defensive coordinator? Bro, Tony, Tony, Tony Allen was their eighth man, bro. That's how deep they were defensively. Tony Allen was their eighth man, and Tom <laughs> Thibodeau was their defensive coordinator, and they had an all-time defense with all-time defensive players. That's why they won the championship, because they were going seven every series, too. Because Doc that's, was coming. Yeah, yeah. They went seven with Joe Johnson. Then they went seven with LeBron and, and, and you know, and the cash from, like, you know, uh, Coach Carter. You know what I mean? And then they were struggling early with the Pistons. The best series that they had was in the top, was in the finals, and that was honestly because the you know KG and them were so desperate for a ring, they were ready to blow the the you know the sauce off the Lakers, and the Lakers was missing players. So that's why they won that series in the way that they did. And but even then, it still went six. So it's like, bro, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like Doc is just never a guy who his teams never dominate because he doesn't coach them well. He doesn't coach them to them to execute at a high level. So they're always going to squeak by series or they're always going to lose series. That's just how they play. Yeah, it's just, man. Whoo, that's right. And I just, you know, like I said, man, uh, not, not to pile on. It's just that those comments when he, like, before the season, out of Doc on mouth, that, that you know, that Ty Lu was right next to me comment. Whoo, that looks bad. It looks bad because now, because because now Paul George looks like a superstar again. The Clippers finally made the Western Conference Finals, and they did that without Kawhi. So what does that look like to that's, you? That's and you're I'm going saying. home with a better team again. Yeah. So who? So who's who? At what point is it your fault? Yeah, man, that's uh, that's right. I mean, obviously they're not. So 
know, just bridging this to the, our, our next subject. So obviously they're not going to move on from Doc after one year. It's just not how yeah. it will go, right? So um, the big thing during the game, the big thing during the game was Ben, was ben Simmons, right? Uh, big issue over the series as far as not being aggressive, not willing to score, not willing to drive. Um, I mean, inside the NBA did a great job. Kenny at halftime did a great job of showing you know how he was giving the ball up so early in transition, just scared to basically go uh, make a play. Chuck and Shaq was on his behind, like and it's right, rightfully so, in my opinion. Uh, I've been a big, I've been a big Ben supporter. I think he plays the game right away very heady. It's just the development from him offensively. It feels like it's going backwards, and for me, it's just I, I don't know if it's mental or he doesn't work on his game. I don't want to accuse him of something like that, but. Uh, he seems to be going backwards offensively. Maybe he needs a sports psychiatrist because the not shooting thing is crazy and not being able to look, willing to score. And uh, it cost him dearly this series. It just Atlanta didn't have to guard him. That's kind of what it came down to. Uh, one of the bigger issues is there's several big things, uh, but we'll talk about the Simmons part now. In postgame, the, the crazy part, you know, the part that I want you to talk, touch on is a lot of the 76 or comments and it's not even hidden. Like, it's directly throwing shots. And B pulled up one play that was huge that I pretty much gave up after the game. And B spinned off uh, a defender. I mean, Simmons spinned off a defender, had a dunk. Trey Young was the only guy, like, close to him the way. He dishes off to Matisse to lay it up over three people. Matisse gets fouled. He splits the free throw. So instead of tying, they, you know, hit one out of two, go back down one. Um and, you know, Simmons was and B was like, that's where he felt the game change. They asked Doc if, if Simmons was a championship point guard. Doc's answer was, I don't know the answer to that question. Mm. It's, man, it's a lot. So, where are you with Simmons? And, you know, talk about what's what's kind of next for him in Philly. Is it time to, to give it up? They got to pack it up, try something else, move them, or they run it back again? Because it's well, like they're going backwards. They can't run it back. Not after what they just said. (laughs) They can't run it back. So he has to be out of there. The only thing is where. And then also with Simmons, um, it's very disturbing that after the press conference, he said, I am who I am. You see? Uh, (laughs) I I don't know, man. Like, yeah, you are. But, I mean, shouldn't shouldn't you be trying to get better? You know, you're a professional NBA player still a young player I would hope that you would try to talk about you know improving in the offseason working to get better I mean he just sounds like a dude who has his money is content bro like it's odd it's very odd um it's gonna, <laughs> take, it's gonna take a special situation a special type of coaching to get a lot out of him um I don't think he can go to a, a team that's trying to win like like, like you know what I mean? Going to Portland wouldn't be good because that would just cause friction with him and Dame because Dame's on a timetable, basically. So I don't think going to Portland is the is the move, training to Portland. I'm on, I'm on the agenda to get Ben Simmons to Minnesota. He needs to go play with a young team, with a young coach, where the expectation aren't as high, and where there's a roster that fits him. He needs to be around all scorers. Like, he needs to focus on doing the dirty work and build his confidence from the ground up. He can't be – he can't be relied on 
to do things to win a championship in terms of being your second option. He can't be the guy that you say, hey, go get, we need a big play. We need a shot. We need a big shot here. Uh, go go help bring us home. That can't be Ben Simmons. Right. So he needs to go to a team where that's not going to be the expectations, where there's a roster that can supplement him scoring. You're going to have Ant Edwards on the premier. You're going to have Towns inside, who's his best friend. Towns is going to be playing with one of his best friends in Simmons. Uh, we, they need a playmaker. They need wing defenders. And they have shooters. They have a lot of spacing. Nas can shoot as a backup five. Towns, obviously, you know, one of the best shooting bigs ever. And he's going to be going as a shooter. You can have, what, a Kogi. You know what I'm saying? You got Beasley, who's a, who can knock down the tray. You know, so it's perfect situation. He needs to be in a situation like that. Um, also, we have things that Philly could want. Philly needs a shot creator. Oh, yeah, I was just going to say. So I, I, assume, I assume this package is based around D'Angelo Russell D'Lo, and some other conversation. Yeah, it's based around D'Lo, definitely based around D'Lo. And also, you know, throwing in Rubio to also give him more depth at the point so they can have more facilitation to get easier looks. You know what I'm saying? Because that's one of the other things is that they had to play Ben Simmons because they had no real backup point. I mean, if you don't have Ben Simmons setting the table, who else sets the table? So if you give them, you know, Rodillo, you get Rubio, you get some picks from us. You know, we're going to be uh, in the fringe lottery team. You can get some uh, a nice first. Like, I think that's a good return for them because realistically you get – like, I just don't think Philly – I don't think Portland is going to say – getting away CJ Rocco and a first or CJ and a first for Ben Simmons moves the needle for us. I just don't see Portland saying that. Okay. Well, I just, I'll say this, you know, we'll, we'll touch on this later after we talk about the Utah situation. Cause it's just it's an interesting conversation about, you know, certain skills mattering more in regular season, certain skills mattering more in playoff series. That's an interesting conversation, but you know, Ben didn't have a bad year. He was 15, you know, 15, 8, and 7, 56% shooting. Can give you all-world defense. And my thing with, with Portland was they're so bad. Like, scoring is not an issue for that team. They can score mm-hmm. with anybody. You know what I'm saying? And I think, you know, CJ misses time every year. You know what I'm saying? They just – they really need a stopper on that team. Uh, ben is an excellent playmaker. They feel it, uh, Portland plays at a high pace, which is right up his alley. Uh, Philly was more methodical. Uh, because the NBA obviously NBA's their guy, so that's why I thought the the Portland. But the the Minnesota thing that you brought up makes sense if both teams are seriously interested. I think you throw in D'Lo. My only issue is with Minnesota. Let's say the pick you get ends up, you know, you keep it if it's top three. It's top three. Oh, if you get K, they're not trading for no bench. Okay, that's, okay, that's, 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 that's that way. If we get okay. K or Mo, if we okay. get K or or even Jalen Green, we're not trading okay. for Ben Simmons. Right. That's just that, 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 that was Okay. I'm, I'm operating of the mindset that we not getting the top three pick. Okay, okay. There you I go. just don't okay. think the league's going to give us a top three pick after <laughs> we just got Ed Edwards. And I think they desperately need Golden State to be good again. So I think that they're going to uh, try and, you know, it's going to be one of those where Golden State gets two lottery picks and it's up to their front office to not fumble. But you know what I mean? So it's like – I'm operating a mindset we don't have top three pick. If we have a top three pick, I'm not thinking about Ben Simmons. Okay, that, okay. I, I, that's, that's 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 what the, know, my follow up question was. Yeah, I'm like, I'm but like on the surface, on the surface though, man, I, I that I don't hate the yeah the package around D'Angelo Russell, you know, for Ben and maybe something like a, a, another young player or a, a bet on that team to get to yeah like that that makes that makes sense if you don't if you don't get a bet like so I I, I don't mind that at all. 
Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, like that's what people asking me. I mean, if we have a top three pick, like I said, I'm think I'm thinking of how we can build a dynasty with one of Jalen Green, Mobley, or uh, Kate. I'm not thinking about this. So you got so th- yeah. So yeah, that I, I feel like that makes also makes sense for both teams. I think it's not much. My thing is for Ben Simmons, it's not many destination teams are going to be actively looking for a guy who isn't effective beyond five feet. It's like your roster has to be perfectly set up to handle that. Exactly. Have a bunch of scoring, a bunch of shooting for him to kind of fit in and, and then, you know, work it from there. So that, that is the, you know, th- that's the issue with him is it's the contract number and then what he actually provides, you know, on the floor. So that is, I, I, I'm with you. They just, they can't run and be in Simmons back. It's just, you just, you just can't at this point. It's just, it's a wrap. You can't do it. Yeah, I mean, like the only like the only teams I can see him being traded to with that type of uh, cast is like, you know, many, you no know, Portland, obviously, but and Denver. But it's like, you know, Denver is not going to give up Murray for Ben Simmons, right. <laughs> and and you know, and, like I just I just don't see Portland giving up CJ as like I just don't see them looking at Ben Simmons saying, yeah, that's that's our, that's an answer, that's the answer. Like I just. I I feel like if they like I feel like if they can't get a good package, I feel like they'll just blow it up. If anything, ooh, you know what I mean? ooh. yeah. So it's like that, right, so that's why that's how I look at it. So you went on the Ben side of things. Like I possibly think because I'll, I'll say this like like it's not just my Ben defense coming through. I think the internally like the Philly guys are piled on too much on Ben. Um, I Embiid was terrible in the second half, like the latter part of this series. Like that's just being honest for what we expect from him as a superstar. He like he in the fourth quarter he was solid today, but I'm talking about you know games four, five, six, um, even late in this game. The first part of the quarter he was good, but late in this game, Embiid just wasn't very good. You know, and we've talked before about you know if he's in shape, if he's right, and part of it might be his knee. You know, he's not the best condition guy. We all know this by now, but Embiid was not good later in that series. So, you know. For him, what does this series say to you about Embiid? Like, I mean, he his toughness not to be – he's on a torn meniscus, so his, tough, his toughness is not to be, you know, questioned. But I just – I've said it before. I think you've alluded to before. The shot selection is bothersome sometimes about what he chooses to to put up put up at the rim in the t- different situations. So talk to me about what Embiid – this series said to you about Embiid. Oh, man. I mean, he's tough. To do that on the torn meniscus, but he needs to cut down a lot on the ref baiting. <laughs> he needs to play. He needs to play. He needs to play like he's a physical player. Um, I just don't know what's wrong with the big men in the in, in the league, bro. They have too much guard syndrome. Like, man, it's not. It's not just AD. It's Giannis too. Hearing when he starts taking pull up threes, and it's NB when he starts trying to flop. Like he's like he's you know five ten. It just, it just doesn't make sense. Like, Jokic is, like, the only big man who plays like a big man, and he passes better than all those dudes. So it's like you would think he would be the one trying to be the guard. But it's like these dudes, like AD, and B, Giannis, like, man, they they all have to – they all have to ditch this idea that they're perimeter players. That's what MB needs to do. Shoot the three, absolutely. Take bigs off the bounce, cool. But, man <laughs> – <laughs> bro, stop the stop the flop, bro. You you're already big as hell as it is. So it's like once it gets to the playoffs, they for sure not calling shit for for you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I just like you can tell even the late later in the series, the, like the rip through and the, just where he flails and throws the ball away, the refs would just call that as a play on later as a series when you could tell it was a point of emphasis for them. So 
Like he was trying to, he was trying to, he was trying to draw contact and Gallo and got stripped. Yeah, exactly. Like, bro, you wait, you have like a sixty pound advantage on Gallo. They're not calling nothing. <laughs> Come on, bro. Yeah, so that, that and B's got to. I think he's got to adjust his style. Just you know, I think you said, I think you coined this phrase. You know, you got to play honest hoop <laughs> and let the uh, and let the chips fall where they may, man. So, whoo, Philly, man, and. Man, I- all, all these teams that need to go got had to go over here, man. They're regretting not hiring Ty Lue. That's what they get. Yeah, I think I mean, Ty Lue sat on as a he would. I think he would have took any job too. He wasn't trying to be an assistant. He would just would have took any. Yeah, he wanted, a, he wanted he wanted he no he wanted a, a job with a playoff team, a team that had a real chance to compete. Okay, that okay, was okay. Was because he didn't. You know, he wanted. A, he said, "I'm a, I'm a you know I'm a coach for the stars." You know. Yeah, because he I'm gonna keep it hundred, man. I would love. I know he was. Uh, New Orleans was third on his list because he was waiting to see if Houston was gonna trade Harden. Yeah, he was waiting to see what the Clippers were gonna do, or he would have gone. He would have messed with New Orleans. I, you know, I would have loved that. So, man. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'll tell you what. You're not. You're not. You're not paying Stephen Adams. You got Tyler, <laughs> I'll tell you that right, right. now. So, um, man, let's talk about this Easter Conference bracket. Um, so. We got Milwaukee, great series. Uh, I think we both agree it went too long because the Bucks were playing some of the most, you know, crazy basketball <laughs> we've seen. Why that series went seven games, man. Uh, Milwaukee did outlast. Giannis did some things in game seven, I think. Uh, you know, it, was Trans- a, it can translate not, to not, his future. Yeah, not, a, not a legacy game, but, uh, you know, one of those games where guys have where it puts them over the hump of, a, of an issue in their career. I think that's what it was for him. Like maybe not a legacy game, but a break through the wall game for him. Um, so <sighs> Milwaukee, ATL. Give me your initial impressions. I, I'm leaning heavy Milwaukee to be honest. Early on, heavy one, 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 Milwaukee. Here. I mean, heavy Milwaukee. I mean, man, look, we know Brooke Lopez has issues. You know, he's limited, right? You know, what I mean, KD. Got on, got on him, giving him the business. But Katie's seven foot, bro. Right. <laughs> Katie's seven foot with a jumper, and even he was having problems at the rim with with Brook Lopez. It's gonna be it's gonna be really tough for for Trey Young, bro. It's gonna be really tough for Trey Young, bro. Gonna be really tough because even if you do get to a point where it's like, all right, you know, we got Brook Lopez off here. But is now saying, yeah, okay, I won't play Porters, but I'll play Giannis at the five. So now, right. <laughs> if you run that pick and roll, they're going to switch on Giannis. And good luck. Good luck, Trey Young. <laughs> good luck with that one. So it's like, it's like you know, it's it's just a terrible matchup. They got trees. The Bucks got athleticism. Um, Drew Holiday will make life hell for Trey Young. Uh, Chris Milton will make life hell for Bogey, and Giannis and Brooke Lopez will make life hell for any of the front court players for Atlanta. So it's it's just it's I I pretty much have the Bucks in five games. I just uh, that's that's the same as I got. That's what I got. I, I would be shocked if it. I I can't say I'll be shocked because it's Coach Bud, but I, <laughs> it it shouldn't go past five games. Um. What I am impressed with, and I think Giannis might have found something to go with going forward in his career, and what he pulled with in 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 the Nets, where I think he have confidence in. 
that post-up action for the hook shot and for him playmaking out the post, he finally realized that that's what he should be doing in the clutch. And what happened? He got clutch buckets and clutch assists. Yes, that's what you should be doing. Giannis getting the post <laughs> and doing a hook shot and over KD or doing a drop step or a spin backspin into the into the paint to get easier look. Or if they double team you, you make your your pass to Brook Lopez for three. That's what you should have been doing to you know for the past two years. That's exactly what you should have been doing. And then he found another cheat code. Instead of trying to pull up for threes all the goddamn time, drive into the paint like 10 feet and do a pull-up mid-range shot and God, <laughs> you're closer. Wow, you have more chance of going in. Yeah. Yeah. You don't you're you don't have to expand your range to the three, bro. You can pull up for mid-range and you can do a hook shot. And guess what? You can make those. And guess what? Now you have variety in your scoring, you're less predictable, and you're more effective. And I think he finally learned that shit in game six, game seven, and he put it to work. And he had two big games. Yeah, that yeah, man. I guess I, I gotta give it to like Giannis, man. That that was that was uh some big boy stuff, man. The last two games, especially game seven. You know, Drew and Chris didn't get it going until late. And Giannis yep. was like every time Brooklyn Brooklyn would start to get away, Giannis would go on a little run to keep it within yep. distance. And then I give credit, you know, Chris found himself late. Drew made a couple of huge plays late. There's some awesome playmaking to set guys up. So though he, mm-hmm. those two guys got it going late, man. So in KD, he's just hearing out of gas. I think it was obvious. That's why he kept taking threes. He's like, I need to end this. I can't play yeah. the OT. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, shout out Brooke Lopez. You know, we, we got hard on, but 19 yeah, yeah, points, yeah, yeah. good, uh, big, big time, good conditioning. Um, like I said, man, sometimes good things happen to people who don't deserve it. And uh, yeah, you said that before we recorded. You said that you said that before. You was like, I'm picking Brooklyn is just they, they're going. I'm picking Milwaukee. This is just going to happen, but it doesn't deserve it. But it's coming. <laughs> it's coming. I, I warn people, and now his job is said. I, I warn people. I said, I, I said sometimes this just happens, bro. This, this this it was on there for Milwaukee to take it, bro. And I said, you know, he's gonna stumble his way into this big three. It's gonna be a clear path to the finals because the other team's not gonna stand a chance against them. And God knows what's gonna happen in the Western Conference Finals. So, man, he all the all the stuff we talk about, but and then he might end up with a ring. You see why? Right. You see why you can't judge coaching? Yeah, but results. It's gotta be process. Off just blind results. Like be process. Like I like it was like it was Laker fans giving Vogel credit for how the Lakers were playing offense last playoffs as if AD <laughs> just didn't decide to not miss and Bron and Rondo didn't handle the playmaking. Like thank you, Eric Spolster, for playing zone for the first two two games to give us a two zero lead to make Rondo beat your zone and not Justin. Like thanks, you appreciate that. But you know when he figured out Rondo couldn't do anything and decided to adjust, Rondo was unplayable and we had no adjustment. But luckily. We were up to well, and LeBron just figured it out. <laughs> for the last right, two, right, right, right. So, but it's like you know what I mean. But it's like Vogel didn't do that, bro. Like our offense sucks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like coaching. You want to see coaching? Go watch every game in the Western Conference Finals that you're seeing right now. That's coaching. That's a chess match that's going on right there. Right. So, good call. Going right to the West. Good segue. Um, talk about the game that happened today, but we did see. Uh, Clippers is amazing game from Terrence Mann to win that game six. They ran off four straight against Utah, number one seed. And the conversation came back again. Rudy Gobert, 
the narrative around him, you know, regular season versus the playoffs. Uh, kind of the same thing I've judged. We, I talked about Ben Simmons, what he does in the regular season, but it doesn't translate to the playoffs. For me, um, Rudy is fine, but my issue with him was he allowed the Clippers to play small because the option, and we saw that today, what it means if you have a guy who you can throw it to if they play all six, seven and below lineup, to have an option to throw it into this guy and say, hey, give me a bucket or get some free throws or force a wide open three because they have to collapse. And Rudy just wasn't able to do that and allowed the Clippers mm-hmm. to play small. And as a result, he ended up out in space a lot in that second half. And it's like a fish out of water for him at that point. You said to yourself, you know, you're asking him to do something he literally can't do, so it's not really on him. Uh, that's game seven, second half, 70, 82 points on 74% shooting against the Utah Jazz. It was a, a record-breaking half. Terrence Mann, Reggie Jackson, no Kawhi, Paul George goes crazy. Um, Rudy Gobert, I think we have a similar outlook on him. Where, where are you with Rudy and kind of what you – you know, just view him as at this point, you know, what is he? You know, three-time defensive player. It's, it's wild to me that three-time defensive player of the year, that's more than AD, more than Draymond, uh, more than Kawhi back in the day, more than LeBron back in the day, who was an excellent defender, which is wild to me. People are going to look back in NBA history and it's like, man, Gobert is an all-time defender because of this award. So where are you with Rudy and just him as a player? He's a great rim protector. Uh, <laughs> I mean, wiping his eyes. Boy, he just... <laughs> I mean, he's a great rim protector. Stats say he's a generational rim protector. I mean, <laughs> if I don't know if you watch him, if you feel that way. I think he's a great rim protector. Generational, I guess the stats show that, but I mean, I don't, I don't see that when I watch him. Um, he's given up. I mean, Ben Simmons has his career high on Rudy Gobert, so... That should that should tell you what you know. I should tell you all you need to know. Um, Terrence Mann has his new career high on Rudy Gobert. Again, that should tell you what you need to know. Uh, he has limitations, um, but you know, I, I actually thought he could switch on the perimeter a little. All things worth, I did think he he has an intimidation factor. A little, you know, you know, t- people can feel like they can go at him, but he makes it tough, uh, and he makes you have to think like. Like, you know what I mean? If he's having a great game, if he's dominating on the, there and he's making big blocks and he's altering shots, uh, teams, people do get worried. It's like, oh, man, I got, you know, he's going to block my shot. I have to be careful. So he does make people think twice, you know, and he does impact the game. Um, the, the thing with Rudy, at like, if he was, like, making what Steven Adams make, <laughs> then it's like, hey, it's no problem. Super bad. Look, yes, Utah can't guard chest to chest. Like their perimeter defense is like it's like terrible. They rely on Rudy Gobert. Um, but if you're telling me that Utah needs to get better perimeter defenders, and this guy can't punish small ball switches, which is Man. really why he's unplayable. It's not even really him switching on perimeter. It's the fact that he can't punish you for spacing the floor out because you can't win one-on-ones with smaller yes. players. That's the real reason this guy is unplayable. It's not – he actually saw – he's okay for a big man on the outside. He he contests shots at the rim when he gets beat, but it's really because he can't make you pay for going small because he can't win one-on-ones. 
You know what I mean? He's not destroying the glass. Not like he's getting 20 rebound games. You know what I mean? So it's like, if you need, if you, if this guy is deficient on offense, you know what I mean? If he needs to be spoon-fed on offense by Conley with lobs and, and, and uh, you know, dump downs, and if he needs good perimeter defenders to make him better defensively, then why did you pay him $250 million? Like, why? Why did you do that? If like that's what that's what it comes down to me with Rudy. If he needs all this, then why is he getting fifty million a year? That just doesn't make any sense. You shouldn't have paid him that. That's that's really what it comes down to. You shouldn't have paid him that much money because now you paid hella money to somebody that you need to invest money to help, and you don't have the money to help him. So now you're stuck. Yeah. So I think at age just age 34 season, I think it's it's a forty six million dollar player option. Because age 33, 34. At 34. Bro, my best advice to the Jazz is to find a way to trade him to Atlanta while Atlanta still has guys on rookie contracts. That's my best advice to the Jazz. Ah. Get him to Atlanta. Say, look, we know you don't want to pay John. No, Collins doesn't really want to play there. He wants money, probably more than you can afford. Have to play Capella because he's useful as a rim lob threat and defensively. How about we take both of them off your hands and we just give you Rudy? Now he can hide Trey Young. You can just pay Trey Young his extension. And you got a couple years before DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish is up for extension. There you go. Oh, that's so. If I'm the Jazz, I'm calling Atlanta immediately after they lose their series. I'm calling them immediately. I'm saying, bro, please take this guy. Please take Rudy Gobert off my hands. But they're not going to. They have a cult following with Rudy Gobert. Man, he is the... That's what they should be doing. That's what they should be doing. They should be calling Atlanta, like, immediately. Man, hashtag GM Kings, man. He, he put some spicy deals on the table tonight. <laughs> um, hey, man. You got to get creative, GMs. You got to get creative right now. Because right, some right. of y'all in hell. Right. <laughs> so, on, on the Clippers, so that's the jazz. On, on, on the Clippers' side... Uh, they've been getting just outstanding, outstanding supplemental player play, namely from Reggie Jackson, Marcus Morris, and Terrence Mann. Uh, they've been incredible. Uh, they fell in game one tonight. And I think just feels, you know, you got a star player who plays like that. PG was kind of matching them to a point, but Booker was just incredible. Mikael Bridges had an incredible second half. And you know, as you were just alluding to, uh, DeAndre Aiden is, a, you know, well ahead of Rudy offensively. So with yep. that small ball lineup, they were able to punish the Clippers inside. You know, he was seven yeah. for eight with 14 in the first half. I think even at halftime, Ty Lue made the switch, right? He had to put Zubak in there. Yeah, he put Zubak in. Yeah. He, put, he went big for a lot of that third and fourth. Yeah, it's just, it's uh, just, Zubak wasn't bad. It's just the Clippers prefer to play, you know, five out with their shooting. Right. But you just can't because Aiden was just too much. So Yeah, you can't, you can't do it. You can't – I mean, you can do it because, you know, like I said, you can make Aiden score one-on-one. Like, you saw Batum hold his own in the fourth. But, right. like, that's not something you want, like, uh, all game. You know, right. you can do it all game with Rudy, but Aiden's too physical. He's too physical. <laughs> he's too fast. He's going he's gonna to attack that glass, and that's just going to kill your legs, bro. Right. And and Lou knows that, so that's why he's not doing that. I was telling people, he can't, he knows he can't do that because Aiden's going to destroy them on the inside. I think, yeah, I, think, I think all of us, right, we were talking in the, in the, uh, in the live spaces, you know, previewing this series. And we all said, you know, a tilting point in this series is going to be if Aiden's going to force the Clippers out of small ball and into, you know, trying something else. I think, you know, uh, I actually thought, you know, Lou got what he 
you know, squeezed the most he could have out of Cousins. He just stayed with him a little too long in the second half. Yeah, too yeah because he got he got his decent little burst out of him. Um, but ultimately, I think what tonight showed is you just you're gonna need Kawhi at some point. I mean, that's just why that's, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's honestly yeah, what you know. It, it, it's painful. It, tonight showed that um, man, the Clips. I feel you know I kind of feel bad because this was the series for Ibaka, man. Yeah, oh yeah, this that too. Ibaka, man, because you play Ibaka, you don't lose size. You can drop, bother with length. He has a little bit of switchability, and you don't lose any of your offensive space in like, at all. So this, man, the Clippers roster is really constructed. And this is why you kind of see why I was concerned with the Clippers coming into the playoffs. Right. Because at full strength, they had a roster for, like, any situation. Any matchup, yeah. Like, yep, yep, any yep. matchup situation. And people were telling me this when I was tweeting. It was like when, they had, when I talked about them missing Bucks, they were like, damn, they really had, like, a counter for any team. And I was like, yeah, that's why I was concerned with playing the Clippers. But that, hey, injuries, man, is part of the game. Yeah, see, that's no, the, unfortunately that's, it, it is. I think I, I, I think is. you pointed out, you know, every team is uh, I think every team left is down a starter. Yeah, every it, team because even yeah. Milwaukee's down a starter. Yeah, so, it's like, you know, it's, it's, yeah. It, Dante, it, CP3, it uh, Kawhi, and then uh, Atlanta's missing uh, DeAndre, right? DeAndre, and then you don't have Cam, and yeah, then the Clips yeah, don't have exactly have right. So, Bogey's <laughs> also fighting for his life right now. He's dealing with injuries. Right, so uh, I think like, Marcus Morris has also got limited minutes because they was talking about he's battling something too. Yeah, I think uh, his, he's his, he was getting his knee worked on at halftime actually. So, yes. Uh, yeah. It's so man, war of attrition, man. Yep. <laughs> Pretty much. So, uh, my first takeaway is you're gonna need Kawhi. Secondly, is Devin Booker, man. I think you just, you know, these young guys they get a shot to to show what they're made of on a big stage, and you talk about answering the bell, man. Uh, triple double. The uh, high thirties, low forties, man, incredibly efficient. So, man, if <laughs> who do you have in this series? Because you're talking about, you know, Chris Paul possibly missing, you know, the first three to four games, depending on how long the series goes. Kawhi stayed back. They're talking about he possibly may push to try and go in Game Three with the aggressive rehab. It'll be at the little more than two week point when Game uh, Three gets here. So obviously, Suns won the first game. Who who are you leaning towards in this series? You know all the variables considered with the injury, COVID protocols. Man, it's tough it's to call. It's, it's, it's tough to call because it's really just it's all on Kawhi, man. Yeah, right. This is it, it's it's all on Kawhi. Um, they the Clippers can't win this series with CP3 coming back and Kawhi's not playing. Uh, they they just can't win this series. Like that's just not gonna happen. Um, granted, for, for game two, I definitely do think they can win game two. I mean, nothing showed me from game one that the Clippers can't compete with the Suns or win against the Suns, you know what I mean, it, without CP3. Like, they absolutely can match the Suns and, and get wins off and win the series if CP3 doesn't play the series. But CP3 is going to play the series. Um, so... Yeah, yeah, I thought that was crazy to me. The, the, the oh, like playing boogie that long, especially I thought they, I thought they were kind of sneak boogie in and not playing with Aiden, which because he, he was dominating Sarge. So I thought that's yeah. kind of what uh, Lou would do, but Aiden was just too much for him at this point. You know, which I, I, th- I think Lou's mindset was he wanted to see if boogie can drag Aiden out of the paint. Ah, okay, I stretching the floor. Yeah. I, I understood why he tried that. Like, again, Lou's very experimental. 
So that was probably his logic was, can is Boogie good enough to get him out the paint and we not suffer for it on defensively? But uh, no. So I think he learned his lesson there. Um, he knows he can play Boogie on the Sark minutes and get good right. minutes, obviously. Again, right. um, just has to be on a leash. Rondo has to be on the leash. But I think, you know, I think Rondo's good in the sense that he uh, he, he he knows where the Suns guys are going to be. Uh, you saw that at the end of the fourth, they were causing havoc on the, some of the rotations, getting right. some turnovers, because Rondo knows the sun sets. Um, so he knows where guys are going to be. Um, but he, he can't play too long because he's not as conditioned. He's too old to keep up with those guys. They have too much speed. But if you give him these short bursts where he can give all his all physically, I think he can play in the series. I think him and Boogie can play in this series. Uh, um, at least, at least, uh, uh, no, Boogie, at least until Chris Paul's. Uh, doesn't uh, comes back, he can definitely play. But um, man, they're gonna need Marcus Morris. Uh, I think him being kind of hurt also uh, bothered uh, you know the lineups. Right. Uh, Blue was trying to buy guys rest. For example, he didn't play PG to start the fourth when while uh, Monty kept Book in. Uh, I think that ultimately won the game. Yeah, I think I think Boogie. I think I think Buck went. I think uh, Monty just went wanted to go for the kill in game one. Went, yeah, I, I respect that. The, I respect that. He went, he went for the yeah, Monty went for the win. Uh, Tyloo tried to get PG some rest because he's off of game seven. So Tyloo thinking down the line, which is understandable. He's thinking down the line this series. Uh, he's trying to get some uh, data for what Phoenix is trying to do, which is what you want to do ultimately. Uh, you know, he wants to see how he can play this current CP3 list Suns. So he was in the, they were in the game. So he, he knows what works. He knows what doesn't work. So game two is going to really, you know, game two is going to really be, uh, I think he's going to come out with some adjustments and it's going to be to see how Monty takes those on the fly. Uh, Cause I think the Clippers are going to definitely come out with a counter. Right, so what do you think push. about, what do you, I, I thought, you know, obviously Lou changes his rotations as the series goes on. I thought Kennard could play a decent amount of minutes because he could be hidden on, you know, Crowder, uh, right. Cameron Johnson and Michael McCall Bridges, who aren't on ball players, so he's not going to be attacked the same way he was. I thought he could probably play a little more this series, and if he's going to shoot the way he's been shooting, it's a it's an obvious plus for the Clippers. So he didn't play as much as I thought he was going to be. So what did you think about you know Kennard, it was Kennard's role in this series going forward? Uh, yeah, I think I think the reason why he didn't play was because uh, Lou was running Rondo and and uh, Cousins a lot. Okay, so. You want to put all three because that's obviously defensive nightmares. <laughs> but I think he's gonna have to do his job staggering them, um, running Kennard with some of the starters to get them more spacing, as well. Um, you know what I mean? Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, putting uh, Boogie and Rondo together uh, with like you know Batum, for example, to get Batum off the off the off the big, but to also give let Batum space. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Playing them with um, with the Morris as well, you know, to get more spacing. Uh, having more PG with Rondo and Boogie so that he can, like, be on the game to affect the game and provide spacing with those two, but to also, you know, uh, um, for also to get some rest because he can be on the floor and not have to worry about, you know, uh, handling the ball because Rondo handled the ball, and then you can, if you have Boogie as a, an advantage, you can dunk down the Boogie. He can score while PG doesn't have to score, you know. And could right, be right, 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 right. I think, I think those type of staggerings he needs to work around, but it's definitely formulas there. There's definitely counts there for him to win. Uh, you know, Phoenix can't, Phoenix isn't going to overwhelm them without CP3. As you can see, I mean, the Clips, 
as long as they're able to be in any game, then you can never just count them out. Like, they could easily win the next two. You know what I mean? The next two straight as long as CP3 is not playing. So, uh, I think they'll come out. Like I said, I think they'll come out game two. Uh, and I think they're going to try and really win game two with understanding that uh, going down 0-2 to, CP, to the Suns without CP3 is going to be a tough, tough, uh, tough task. Um, I think you're going to see a lot more discipline on the corner threes from Phoenix, like how, you know, Clippers been punishing guys in the corner threes. I think you're going to see them stay more attached to the hip. And uh, it's, it's going to be tough, man, because Booker's eating. But uh, they're going to challenge – I think they're going to challenge their guys to 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 hold their own on Book and uh, to force him more into jumpers. Yeah, last thing, like, what, what, where are you with the Book coverage? Because obviously you don't want to send the whole house because you got Aiden on the backside, guys that can knock down shots on the wing. But when he gets going like that, like he did today where he's making essentially everything at all three levels. Like, how, how do you combat that? And what do you think lose adjustments going to be? It's like, you're going to like, are they going to say, okay, until Chris Paul is back, we're going to do the same thing we did with Utah and just, you're going to have to beat us. We're going to shut everybody else down. Or do you kind of have to adjust? Uh, they, I think they, they try to do the thing where they make, take out his hands, but uh, Mikhail Bridges is not Royce O'Neal. Uh, Bridges can shoot and has confidence as a as an attacking player to attack them, uh, you know, with numbers. Uh, he made, McKell made a ton of high IQ plays. Man, he did, yes, game. yes. He had a great second half. Great second half. He had a ton of high IQ plays. So I don't think that's something you can live with because McKell, you know, he's not Draymond Green. He's going to – he can score in the side. You know what I mean? And, yeah, he can't pass as good, but if he has numbers, he just has to be a smart player, which he he's shown he is, to make the proper reads and because he has numbers. So I think it's going to be one of those things, bro, where they're not going to – like you saw it kind of in the end of the, the fourth. They're not going to help on Book until late in the clock. Yeah, he tried like, that. But Book made some great reads to get open shots he did, late. He did make some great reads, but they're going to try and make him do it all the, the all game like the Luca situation, you know what I mean? It's like, you're going to make, you know what I mean? It's going to be, when we go on you, we're going to make you do it late. So we're going to make the other guy. So when you do get the ball, the other guys have to make a quick decision, like quickly. So that's going to be, if they do, and, uh, you know, they're not going to do it early. They're going to say, hey, but try and beat this guy first. If you beat him and he's in a bad spot, then we'll help late and then right, try okay. and recover from there. I think that's going to be the the strategy. Um, especially because Booker is not a um, really a finisher like that inside. Uh, he was having trouble finishing on Zubac. If you were if you were uh, watching some of this game, especially in the third, when he was attacking Zubac, he was getting he wasn't really having much success. But he was having success with the mid range and with the three. So I think they're gonna really make it a task for him to uh, either force him into the late help inside, or you know make him take contested jumpers. And, you know what I mean? But I don't think they're going to be doubling super early because they were getting smoked by Mikhail when they were doing that. Like, right, it, right. it wasn't working most of the game. And, man, tomorrow, so tomorrow, first time without hoop, all playoffs. I think it's the first game since playoffs start. So, no hoop. we down in the final four teams. The, uh, game two of the Phoenix and Clippers series is on Tuesday. And then game one of the uh, – Eastern Conference Finals, Milwaukee and Atlanta is on Wednesday. So we got a day off. Uh, 
We will be on Spaces this week, probably probably Wednesday, so we can talk about both series after that to yeah. see how both teams adjust. Um, make sure you follow Kings on Twitter, at his Kingsborough, myself, JJ Mables 55 underscore MST. As always, rate and subscribe to the podcast. We appreciate that. Give us feedback. We have no problem. Uh, I know I'll be on a timeline talking about the Temple of Hoop Live when they be going bad for us, man. You got to give us our win. You got to give us our wins too, man. So, so, yeah, man. So, <laughs> Nobody talk about how I talked about the Bucks. Right. I am again some Ty Lue love though. So it's all right. That. And 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 the Suns too. So you feel me? They got and the Suns, yeah. So make sure y'all tap in with the pod. We honestly we appreciate y'all. It's all in good fun, man. Uh, we'll see y'all on the timeline, and we are out of here. Y'all be safe. Peace, y'all.